Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us? Amen? Amen. To give us eternal life and to pay the sin debt, but also sometimes we need life now where we're living. Amen? We need abundant life now in living this life and this walk with Jesus Christ. I've been on a last couple of weeks been praying, <clears throat> been preaching on prayer, and today still just couldn't get away from it. I, I believe it's something God is calling our church to do and calling each one of us to do. Is, is learn how to pray. Amen. As I said last Sunday, prayer is more. And this is, and, and I, I, before I say that, Ricky said, oh, he's talking about my bulletins. It's not about the bulletin maker. It's just the bulletin. Amen. It's, uh, sometimes all we do is read the names on the bulletin and we just kind of toss it down and go on. And, and that's not a prayer life. But really seeking the face of God, seeking after Him in our lives and, and inviting Him to be a part of our lives. And sometimes God, listen, God's a big God that we serve. How many believe that today? God is a God that wants to break. There's some of us that need God to break through some stuff in our lives. There's some things that's hanging on in our life and, and whether it's people or things and this and that, that God wants to break through and see us ultimately be free. That we can live free for Him. Amen? And uh, sometimes God's just a God of breakthrough prayer. If you have your, if you have your Bibles this morning, look at uh, 1 Chronicles. Well, before I do that, I want, I want, to, I want to read some on, on uh, breakthrough prayers just throughout the Bible. Michelle, something that I give you. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit in Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1.19 that Paul writes. Here's one that we don't use in the church a lot, but there's power in this verse. Uh, I believe we need to pray. We need to bring people up and pray in our church. Amen? The people that are hurting, the people that have needs, the people that are in the hospital, whatever it may be, they need to feel free to come up and have prayer. That's why we have prayer at the end of our services. And I truly believe this is why we don't see God working in a lot of our churches is we don't bring them up to pray. We just throw a blanket prayer over and say, God's a big God, He'll take care of it. Sometimes God wants us to step out on faith and call out to Him. So He can show us great and mighty things. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Now listen, don't go to sleep on me in prayer this morning. Listen, God wants us. I truly believe that we, we just don't go that extra mile sometime with God. I, I love this verse. We don't use this a lot in a Baptist church. But I, I'm going to tell you something a minute about this. If anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Here it is. And let them pray over him. Here's the second part we don't do in the church. Anoint him with oil. Oh, Brother George, you're getting kind of freaky. I, done, I could done preach this in a missionary Baptist church somewhere. They'd be trying to throw me out. Anointing people is the anointing is a sign of God. It's not about the oil that's powerful. It's the significance of bringing them up. The oil in the Old, old and New Testament represents the Holy Spirit. Amen? Alright? And so he says, bring them up and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
That's if we, if we had someone sick in here. Listen, if someone was sick, we would, should want to pray for them. Amen? That's like going to the doctor and say, I just come to see how you're doing. Lord, uh, doc, what do I have? And he says, man, you got the flu. Let me, let me prescribe you some Theraflu and you go pick it. Oh, that's okay. I don't need it. I just, I just want to come see you. Amen? I mean, it's like going to the doctor, but not, we don't want to accept nothing that he gives us to make us better. You know, it's like you're having a problem in math. And you go and get a math tutor for your kids and spend $45, $50 an hour. And, you know, they teach them how to do math. But then they don't want to apply it. Don't want to take a test for it. I, I just want to be around you. I just like being around you. And that's where we're at in the church. We just like being around God. But God wants to manifest Himself to us. Amen? Through breakthrough prayer. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now here's another big part. And just not, just not the, the sick, physically sick. He's also saying, hey, if we are spiritually sick in the church, if we have sin in our lives, we need to confess them. And this is the biggest thing that keeps us from a relationship with God is sin. It separates us from God. How many of y'all agree with that? But we're so ashamed to admit that we need to pray. There's no way I'm going down in front of them people and kneel down in front of that. One day, Jesus is going to say, Listen, if you don't confess me in front of men, I'm not going to confess you in front of men. If you're ashamed of me in public, I'm going to be ashamed of you in public. Amen? And so that's why I was teaching about last week. We need to quit being embarrassing about... We need to quit feeling embarrassed about the spiritual things of God in the church. Whether, listen, I, I'm, this is where God's got our church. I've been here for 10 years. I've been brought up missionary Baptist all my life, but I want to be what God and preach God's truth, what He wants us to be. I'm not going to stand up in heaven one day and He's not going to look at me ready and say, well, you a good missionary Baptist. He's going to look at me and say, did you preach my word? The whole counsel of God's word, did you preach it? Did you preach my son, Jesus Christ? And, that, and I just think that's what the church needs to be focused on today. We need to be focused on Jesus Christ and how to get more of Him into people's lives. Amen? Amen. I mean, the first thing we should speak, I don't want to really just go out and, and witness to people. We need to speak Jesus before we do Pleasant Hill. Amen? And so, we need to confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth or accomplishes much. The fervent prayer. When's the last time you prayed a fervent prayer? Anybody know what fervent means? Passionate. When, I guarantee you say, Brother George, I, I just, I'm not made that way. Man, I don't walk around like you and preach. I, I'm quiet. Listen, God works in all personalities of people. It's the same way in, 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 in praise and worship. There'll be some people, they don't mind standing up raising their hand. They don't mind shouting a little bit. They don't mind clapping when everybody else says, Oh, I don't do that. I'm, that's fine. God, Listen, God's not asking you to be like them. He's asking you to be you for God. Amen. 
But let me, let me say this. Let's not get spiritually lazy. Amen? And not do nothing for God. And just cover it in a blanket prayer for God and say, I pray. I mean, this woman here may not have the personality to be excited and raise her hand. But you should be moved at some level to do something for Jesus Christ. If you're quiet, you're quiet. Hey, my wife is quiet compared to me. Amen? Man, I figured y'all tore the house down on that one. She's quiet. I'm loud. Listen, all preachers are different. You know, I'm just being George for God. This is the way he called me. Now, I can go hear another preacher. He can stand behind the pulpit. He puts it out eloquently and nice. That's the way God used him. In the, Listen, it's all about the heart. Prayer is all about our hearts this morning. Go to the next one, Michelle. Here's another one. Here's another breakthrough prayer. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying. Praying and they, get this, they were singing hymns. To God and the prisoners were listening to him. And we know what happened later on. That, that an earthquake shook and broke the doors open. And Paul and Silas were set free. But it started by them praying. It was a breakthrough that God did in their life. Uh, look in Ephesians 6.18. How many of y'all have spiritual warfare? How many have fiery darts of life thrown at them? The, the devil. Just different spiritual warfare. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this, end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He says, pray always with all prayer. That means pray, 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 pray. <laughs> when the first thing comes up, don't call your neighbor. Don't put it on Facebook. Amen. Well, that, that, that gets me... If, most people, before they're going through summer, they have a fight with their ex. Y'all act like there's no exes in the world. <laughs> they're, they're not all in Texas, believe me. Amen? <laughs> and it cracks me up on Facebook. Man, I, I don't know what it is about this social media. But as soon as something tragic or bad or, or had a fight with their ex and they didn't let them wear the clothes they sent over, and it, it's all over Facebook. I'm going, I don't want to read about that. But see, we will put that on Facebook before we turn and say, God, I need a breakthrough in my life. Lord, I need you to break out and do something real in my life. I want you to be more than a God in a black and white book. Jump off them pages and be real like Daniel was. Be real like you was in Joseph in the pit. Be real like you was Moses at the burning bush. Be real like you was with David out in the fields when he fought that lion and that bear and Goliath and he was king over Israel. Lord, break out and be real to me. That should be the prayer for this church today is God, break out and be real in this congregation. Break out over this body. We've got people that are hurting. We got people that are going through things. We got people that are going through divorces. They got marriage problems. They've got you know that's in this church. I don't know what church you go to, sister, but you got them too. Nobody's talking about it or praying. We all have troubles. Amen. We all have troubles. They're in the church. But we need to address them. And, but the first thing we need to do is bring them up and pray. 
Man, if you're going in surgery, come on up, let's pray for you. If you're going through a burden, pray. God can do more in five minutes of prayer than I can do in a 15-minute sermon. Well, maybe 45-minute sermon. <laughs> You've been here before, haven't you? <laughs> but we need to pray with all prayer. It's, there's nothing too small or too big that we cannot bring to God to prayer. Sometimes I get tired, Randy, of fighting the same devil. The same demons, the same situation, the same circumstances, and sometimes the same people. And sometimes I need God to break out in this battle I have that I'm battling my life, and I need to leave it back here and go on with Jesus Christ and walk my walk with Him. I don't need to come back next week and pick it up and put it on my shoulders and burden me down for another three weeks. I need to say, Jesus, I, I need a breakthrough. I need to drop it and leave it. Old things passed away. I need some new stuff in my walk. I need some new manna from heaven. I need a new revelation. There it is. Revelation. Without revelation, you will not grow. We got all of God's truth. It's fulfilled. Listen, this is God's truth right here. I'm not going to mess your notes up. This is God's Word, His truth. We read it every day. But you don't want to know where God's at? Wherever he re Revelation is where God's at right then, moving and working. Now, He's in our Bible, but we need Him to reveal Himself in my situation. Let's say you're praying and you've got a burden. You're going, you, know, you, you might have got a doctor's report. Maybe something's happening in your marriage. Maybe something's going on with your kids. Maybe it's just happening with you. I need more than just to read about it. And God's truth is there, but that's in the past. I need a revelation right now. God, show up and break through right here and reveal. Give me a direction. Give me something that I can go on. And that starts by prayer. Amen? This all starts by prayer. It don't start by coming to church. It starts by prayer. And you can be driving down the road and praying. Listen, guys, we all got time to pray. Amen. We've got time to pray. Listen, that's why we're trying. That's why we're trying. And I hope God grows this. I hope we have church really before we start having church. At nine o'clock in the morning, people are showing up. We're covering this house in prayer. Man, we're covering these instruments. You say, "Well, I don't know about all that." We can pray from our house about services. God wants you to step out on faith and get out of your comfortable box. Amen? A lot of people that have that mentality, God has not moved since they got saved. That's the last time they felt God. You can't throw a blanket prayer over yesterday's problems. Today is a new day. There's a new set of problems today than there was yesterday. There's a new devil for every level. Amen? I don't care where you're at. He's always there. And so we've been doing this at 9 a.m. in the morning. I hope this whole place starts filling up with people coming. I wish y'all would just go online and look at... Listen, Jim Sabella up in New York City. At the, how many of y'all have heard of the back Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Boy, hands go up when I say that. But you know the choir and all... The, listen, none of that would be there if it wasn't for prayer. 
This church was in shambles when Jim Sabella came there. It was so bad. They had a very just a handful of people. It was so bad when they was taking the offering up. People were taking money out of the offering plate before it got to the back. He got to wondering. He got to looking at it. He didn't have a big crowd, but he said, for the number of people that I have, this should be our amount of offering, and it was nowhere near that. There were some people and leaders in that church. As the plate comes by, they'd put five in, take 20 out. <laughs> Pretty good trade, isn't it? And this was happening between three or four of them, and he found out about it. But he, st- he said, I started off, started off with prayer. God, help reveal me, where is the problem in our church? When's the last time you said, God, I need to pray. I, need to, I want you to break out. Lord, show me the problem in my life. Show me the problem, hey, in our church. See, it gets quiet when I go talking about problems. Because we like to shout and jump, but before you can shout and jump, you've got to be fixed. And every Tuesday night now, and this has been going, he's been there for over, I don't know, 25, 30 years as their pastor. Every Tuesday, now this is amazing. Every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, they start a prayer meeting. They, people show up, 4,000 people come into their new, they got a big sanctuary now, 4,000 people show up for prayer. And on the altars, and they have, they have some worship songs, and, 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 and Pastor Jim Sabella speaks just a short word, but all they do is pray and call out to God. 4,000 people. And, and, and I was talking to a preacher friend of mine that went to New York, and he had to go see the Tuesday night prayer meeting. He said there was people waiting outside at 5 o'clock to get in at 7. When's the last time? Somebody has waited two hours early to get into a church house. Most of us are getting here at 11.59. No, 10.59. Oh, bless me, Brother George. Preach. Boy, I barely made it. It's right on time, buddy. I mean, I'm right under the wire. Amen. Isn't that how we treat God? For y'all holy ones that doesn't happen to, I, I don't know what to tell you. But we all get in a hurry and get busy and we slide in real quick and we want God to break out and show up. But we haven't prepared. And listen, I'm calling the church 9 a.m. Let's pray. If we really want to see God do great things in our church, we're going to have to do something different than what we're always doing every day. If you always do what you always... Listen, if you always do what you always done, you'll always be where you always been. And I don't want that in this church. Yes, our, I just had a visitor back here a while ago that come to me before service and he hadn't been here in a while. And he said, Brother George, man, Pleasant Hill is continuing to grow. He said, it's growing more than when I was here a year ago. And I thought about that. We, but it will not if we don't dedicate ourselves to prayer. I'm not here to look good. I'm a pretty handsome devil, but that's beside the point. I don't come to preach to look good. I don't come to impress. I want to call upon, and God, open up the windows of heaven and pour your spirit out in this church. That's my goal. That should be your goal for your family. Is God open the windows up and just pour out a blessing. I mean, just pour, fill us up with more of you than we've ever experienced. 
Because see, I know there's more God out there for us. We're just not going after Him. He's a big God, guys. If, 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 listen, if any of us ever get to the point where we say, I, I, I got it all, know it all, been all done that, bought that t-shirt, then you're not serving a living God. You're serving an idol. Man, I got to get to preaching. I want to show you this. First Chronicles, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 14. But before we can fix the big problem, we got to get one thing right. And that's prayer, amen? we got to get prayer right. It's kind of like the guy that went to the doctor. And he come walking in, he was bent over, he was sore, and the doctor was sitting in his chair, and he come up to the doc, and he said, what's wrong with you? He said, oh, he said, my whole body aches. He said, your whole body aches? He said, yes, sir, my whole body. He said, touch your head with your finger for me. He goes, oh. He said, okay. The doctor just kind of looked on, surveyed his body, he said, touch your elbow with your finger. Oh. He said, he said, well, touch your stomach then. He goes, oh. He said, touch your knee. Oh. He touched his knee. Doctor said, I know the problem. He said, what is it, doc? I heard all over. He said, you got a dislocated finger. <laughs> Amen. That's the way, listen, that's the way we are in our spiritual walk. We hurt all over. We got problems. How do I fix it? It's not that everything's wrong. We got to get one thing right. Fix the finger and everything else goes in place. We want to experience Jesus Christ and more of His Holy Spirit. Fix our prayer lives and everything will work out for His good. Listen, I guarantee you guys, if we'll learn to pray, it'll change. This church will have a better attitude. Prayer will make you have a better attitude. You old negative, stinking, thinking thing. Always griping about the weather and the prices of cheese at Walmart. Amen? You ever been around them people? I mean, there's nothing good happening in their life. And they're saving. They're supposed to be going to, supposed to be saved and going to church. And it's just right, 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 right. There's nothing good. I mean, what did Jesus do for you? Ah, that was 2,000 years ago. I mean, they listen, get one thing right. Fix your prayer life and God will put everything else in place where it needs to go. In the direction of your life. I love what David, here's David. Now you would think David, a man after God's own heart. He shouldn't have to do nothing but just pray and it happens. I mean, this man killed a bear, he killed a lion, he killed Goliath. I mean, he's king over Israel. He's got, he's got anything he wants. At the snap of a finger, his people will bring it to him. Look what happened when he fought a battle. You would think David... Hey, he knows how to fight in battles. He just goes in, does it, whips them, the Philistines, and we go back to Jerusalem. It's over. But look what David does. In verse 14, uh, she doesn't have this, but I'm going to read just one. It says, Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David uh, and cedar trees with masons and carpenters and to build him a house. So David knew the Lord had established him as king over Israel. David knew without a doubt he was a king. He knew without a doubt that he, his title was king over over Israel. He had been anointed by Samuel. Saul had been chasing him. He's been hiding from, from, from Saul in caves for years. Now Saul is dead. But there's one thing Saul didn't do. He didn't clean up a lot of his past mistakes. 
And now David is having to experience some of Saul's, and he was king. But he was a king because the people wanted him as king. He was a great warrior. But he didn't do some things. Number one, remember back when uh, he was supposed to kill all the Amalekites? And not take nothing from them, kill everything. But he kept the choices, lambs and this and all the best gold. And there was bleating in the background when Samuel came. That come to haunt Israel for years. God warned that problem wiped out. And so David now is having to fight battles that Saul... How many of y'all had to come in behind somebody else and clean up problems? I knew I'd get an amen on that one. Amen? I mean, here, here they are. If Saul would have just lived right... It would have made it so much easier. But here comes David, a godly man, coming in. Now look what happens. It says in verse 8, they're fixing to go against the Philistines in the battle. Same ones, same Goliath, the Philistines. Now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it, and he went out against them. Then the Philistines went and made a raid in the valley of Riphaim. Now look what David did. Now David should have got his men together, made sure they had enough chariots, enough bows and arrows. Before he got his arm, what did he do? In verse 10, and David inquired of God. He prayed. Now David may have went and got the high priest and, and, and the, robe, the, the robe and the vest of the Urim and the Thummim to figure out God's will. We don't know. But he inquired means he talked. He prayed to God. Now, why would David pray? He, he, he's king. He can say, guys, go fight and let, let's, let's beat them. Just wipe them off, let's go. He prayed for direction. He prayed that this would be God's way, God's will. This is all for God's glory. Look what he does. Shall I, he says, Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, go up. For I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perizim, which means the Lord breaks out. That's what David named this place. And David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore they called the name of the place Baal Perizim. And when they left their gods, I love that. Y'all got to underline that. They left them gods there. They didn't pick them up and put them and take them with them. They left all the idols and pagan idols there. Leave them there. And David gave a commandment that they all be burned with fire. Get rid of them. Then the Philistines once again, here they come back. Isn't that amazing how we think we win one battle and it's over with? I told my class this morning, we can wake up. And tomorrow morning and, and seek God's guidance and, uh, and something comes at us and we have a battle that we face, a trial, a, whatever it is, and we'll overcome it and we say, I'm glad that's gone. That won't happen for six more months. It's liable to happen in two more minutes. That's why we're so changed by trials. That's why God uses troubles, trials, pain to change us into the people of God that He wants us to be. Because we experience that 24-7. Some of us, listen, Melville's been experiencing pain 24-7 for the last two weeks. And no, it's not Brother George. <laughs> She's had shingles, and I'm not kidding. 
Everywhere she, oh, oh, she just, I seen uh, Ronnie Weatherford come in this morning. He was, looked like he was in pain. Some of us experience pain 24-7. But we're talking about, listen, God uses the pain of life in our spiritual walk for us to grow up. For us to grow up and get character. Character is what you are when nobody else is looking at you. You're not in the church house. You're not on stage. I'm not preaching. It's just when it's me and God. That's character. What are my thoughts then? And so David, then the Philistines once again, they come back. And they're, they're, they're coming in the valley again. It says they made a raid on the valley. Therefore David, here's what he did, what he do. They're coming back. It's another problem. It's a, it's a new problem, a new day. David inquired of God again. He's praying again, guys. He says, God, you know, what shall I do here? And God said to him, you shall not, listen to this, not go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then... You shall go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So David did as God commanded him and they drove back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gezar. Then fame of David went out to all the lands and the Lord brought what? Fear to all the nations around him. I mean, that wasn't nobody going to mess with David after this day. He's fixing to move God's manifest presence, his kind of glory, the Ark of the Covenant, back to Jerusalem. Listen, David's king of Israel. Don't mess with David. He don't even have to shoot a bow. The wind will scare him off. See, David the first time said, and I love David because he went and inquired of the Lord first. He said, Lord, what should I do? They said, go after him and just whip him. Just go after him and get after him. And they went in. They won the battle. Okay, a few days later, the, the Philistine says, we're, 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 not getting, we're going after David again. And they come around, they're going to make a second raid on him. David could have said, Dave, King David, what do you want us to do? I want you to go out and whip him, boys, like we did last time. Go! But he, did, he had enough spiritual insight to know that yesterday's battle is different than today's battle. Yesterday's devil is different than today's devil. Today is where God wants you to be with Him. A fresh, new prayer relationship. Listen, if, if, if the last time you prayed to Jesus was two weeks ago, you have no idea what God's will is for tomorrow's battle. If all you do is pray, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for the food, you have no idea how to fight the devil. And believe me, in the church today, in the society we live in, we need to see God break through in our lives. Because, man, this society is messed up. And we wonder, well, what's the answer? We need a breakthrough. That's the only thing that's going to clean somebody up off of drugs. That's the only thing that's going to clean an alcoholic up. That's the only thing that's going to fix a cold, dead church and put them on fire for Jesus. It's not going to be the music, the pre. It's going to be the Spirit of the Lord falls on that place and changes people. That's revival. How many of y'all want that this morning? Something new in your life. A fresh God. 
Not some God. Listen, well, Brother George, I've been saved 42 years. I know exactly where I was at. And, and I love testimonies like that. They talk about when and how. But what is he doing for you today? Most of them testimony service, I never hear about today. It was all, he's not the God of yesterday. He's the God of today. And today, listen, when you leave here, and, and I guarantee you it'll happen, when you leave here, you're going to be in a battle. God is not going to let His Word be preached, let you come into a worship atmosphere with a church body, the Holy Spirit speak to your heart, and, and, and you might even have turned in faith and came and approached His throne of grace and made a commitment to God. The devil's not going to let you stick with that commitment. He's going to do everything he can do to mess the rest of your day up. I see it with new people in this church. It's been coming. I mean, the first month is, wow, it's on fire. I'm good. I'm going. Let's go. I want to paint. I want to do it. I'll clean toilets. I'll go everywhere. Let's go. Do it for Jesus. Amen. I mean, we'd clean toilets in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're so on fire for him. But then after eight months, it just dies out. Anybody ever been there? I have. Wake us up, Lord. We can't go to sleep in this community or God will show the church. I'm telling you. We can't go to sleep. This church has been way too far. Way too... Man, God has blessed this church. But just because they put us in a paper, it ain't over. Well, we don't do nothing for a while, man. We made the paper. We ended up 200 backpacks. Whoa. Be glad when the angel tree gets here. That's the next thing. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's an everyday living for Jesus, living organism. Amen. That's what it is. And besides that, we're not, we're not in the paper for us. We're in the paper. Listen, I want y'all to know how much many people read that article yesterday. Jesus got the glory for that. Because I, sometimes I get tired of opening the paper up reading about murders, killing, rapes, child abuse. Amen? God got the glory for that just because we decided to step up and do something. Isn't it amazing how God gets the glory for it? Every Sunday we meet here, it's for His glory. I'm going to keep preaching this until our church is going to get it. It's about Him. Now, I'm not saying we don't stop encouraging each other. There, there's times when Tim sings a good song. I, I come tell him, Tim, I love you. That was great, man. That touched my heart. Or when Sue Ann and him work in Jesus' skies, I tell him, hey, man, y'all did a great job. Or, you know, any other minister, the children's ministry, the teen and Ricky and him, man, y'all doing great. We've got to encourage that. We've got to, amen? Because, listen, when people work and... That's what I didn't always understand growing up as a Baptist. Well, we don't clap in our church because we don't praise men. We praise God. But God's got to use us to get glory through the church. I mean, He's got to. Well, we just don't clap. Well, that's all right. Clap in your heart, but you ought to be moving for God somewhere. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. 
And I don't want to all be an always being church for Jesus Christ. Amen. David said, I've got to get new direction. New direction. That was last, that was last week's battle. Man, I, I'm fighting a new battle this week. And, and I'm glad he did because God didn't tell him to go up the second time and just attack them. He said, go around, be still first, just wait. Isn't that the hardest thing to do is wait? How many of y'all like waiting? Be honest. Raise your hand. How many of y'all really like to wait? She raised it. Go with me to Walmart next week. I don't like to wait. If I go to Walmart, Melvin will give me a list and I'll add George's four or five with it and make it our list. Amen. And then when I check out, I'll be going through this. Nope, too long. Too long. Too long. Whoa, here's one right here. They're almost done. I've even got to the point where I stop looking at the line. I'm looking at how much is in their basket. Amen. Because if there's only a little bit, that means I don't have to wait near as long as sister over here that's piled up and running over. Amen. So, I mean, that means if I go here where the basket's almost empty, I get, I don't have to wait as long. We live, listen, we live in a microwave society. That's why we don't see God. We want to snap, crack a pop God in the microwave on Sunday, 10 to 12 minutes, 10 to 12 o'clock. Pop it and it's all, he's all good. But the problem is, is we live in a microwave society, and I love this, we serve a crockpot God. He just takes his time. Just slow cooks us and lets us boil. <laughs> lets us simmer. We gripe, we squirm, we complain, where's God? He just, he never changes temperature. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He just keeps it on warm. Amen. I'm still boiling, but I'm not there yet. And he just keeps cooking me. Those in a, he allows a trial to come in here and the devil to come here and all oh, people to come in here and circumstances. And then he'll even allow my, the devil to throw my past in that. And then God will put the lid on that crock pot. And he'll watch me squirm in that crock pot. And I'm saying, Lord, just give me some popcorn. Two minutes and I will be done with this thing. He said, if I give you a two-minute popcorn, you won't be the child of God I need you to be in six months when I need you. See, all we're doing is teaching a society and we're teaching our kids, we're teaching everybody how to be fast, quick. Let's microwave it. I got news for you. I can go home today and get two ribeyes out of the refrigerator. I can put one on my grill and cook it slow and put one in the microwave for five minutes and I can tell you which one is going to be the best. I mean, the first steak is going to come out in five, four or five minutes. They'll be ready to eat. They'll be eat and done. By the time I get my steak off the grill. But man, that steak, the, half of that steak is going to be there because it's rubber, amen? I mean, it's not done. They're not going to feel satisfied and full. And that's the way we are in church. If we don't give it all to God, we don't fill up at church. We get a little bitty snack. Just enough to get me through this one little problem. Guys, there's more problems tomorrow. We've got to inquire and pray again. Not just today at 9 a.m. We've got to do it tonight. We've got to do it tomorrow morning. And basically Paul said, pray without ceasing. And that's just always 
keep in our mind, do, do this this week. Go home this week. When we leave here, and we're fixing to dismiss, I promise. I've already got some microwave Christians squirming. But I promise, you go home after we leave today, you start looking for God. Go home and pray. And pray, God, reveal yourself to me this week. Don't pray it once. Pray it every day. If anything else, prayer is going to get you looking for God. And see how God shows up and see what ways you've been missing Him. Just imagine. When we pray, we're going to have a servant heart. When we pray, this church will have the right attitude. When we pray, God's going to show up in this church. When we pray, people will be added to this church. But we don't pray to add people. We pray to see God move. Amen? Because listen, when, when the Holy Spirit's in the church, He's going to draw all men to Him. And women, and kids, and grandmas, and grandpas. You didn't have to laugh. I wasn't going to tell them. I mean, He's going to draw all ages to Him. When we pray and lift up the name of Jesus. That's what we're here for. Is to lift up Jesus. How's your prayer life? Have you prayed for God? You may be in something right now. You may be battling something right now. Have you been trying to battle in your own? When, when, when have you even prayed? Say, Jesus, yesterday's battle was different, but today, what do I do? I want to be like David. He said, wait. He said, I want you to wait till you hear the sound of the wind in the mulberry trees. I want you to circle around behind that Philistine army. And I'm already going to... When you come up upon them Philistines, I'm already going to be there. Now how God did that, whether they did it with wind or angels, I don't know. But when David and them circled around, the battle was over. God had already won it for them. Can you imagine this? Your battle is already won. God's sitting there holding it. He's got the victory trophy for you. But He can't present it to you until we get on our knees and go to Him. Victory has already been won on the cross, folks. It's already there. We just got to accept it. It's not like Jesus is cooking up more. It's already been won. Your marriage is won. This church has already got victory. You've already got victory. Your prayers are ready to be answered. But we can if we just think about it sometimes I think we think about a prayer and we go off while I pray that's not praying thinking about it sometimes God wants us to get down deeper than just thinking about it when's the last time you and your husband wives grabbed each other's hands and knelt down at home at your coffee table in your bedroom and just prayed for your family prayed for each other when's the last time you prayed about this church as a family. Because see, what we're doing here is kingdom work. This is, this is important. Or it should be, amen? It should be important to us. I mean, Jesus Christ died so we could do what we do in here. Every Sunday. Heavenly Father, I love you this morning. Lord, have your... Teach us to be a praying church. But Lord, before you teach us that, Lord, you're going to have to come in our hearts and you're going to have to convict us of our prayer lives.
of our time with you and and how fast sometimes, Lord, we try to manufacture you and your miracles and your healings and your touches. Lord, we want them in two minutes and we want to just put them in the microwave. We want to pop them and, and just go. But Lord, you want us to wait. You want us to walk and not be weary. You want us to run and mount up like eagle's wings and fly. But Lord, before we can do that, we've got to wait. We've got to be still. And we've got to seek your direction. Lord, what is your direction? Lord, that's why, Lord, that's why I truly believe your placeness on my heart of prayer is the direction of this church. Lord, you're wanting to break out in this church body. You want to break out into families and set them free of whatever's holding them back. Lord, we pray today that, Lord, that you will break free. Lord, be the Lord of breakout in this congregation. There will be things that people have been holding on to for a long time. Or maybe they're fighting yesterday's battles and just saying a blanket prayer for tomorrow's battles and today's battles. Lord, we got to seek new direction from You right today. Lord, what is Your will? Let, Lord, let Your will be done. Not only in heaven, but also right here where we're standing. Right in the presence of us right now, Lord. What is Your will? Lord, manifest Yourself in our lives and our hearts today. Become more real than just a book that somebody's holding in these chairs today. But Lord, be a speaking God, a revealing God. Whatever needs to be done, Lord, You you go after us this morning. If we need to rededicate our hearts, if we need to be saved this morning, there will be some here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it's not about going to church. It's not about what your name is in any church membership book. It's not about what denomination you are. It's about are you covered by the blood of the Lamb and your name's in that Lamb's book of life. Lord, there may be some that wants to just come and bring their family for prayer. Lord, I want you to be as Jesus told His disciples. Lord, help us make this place a house of prayer. A house of prayer. When we walk in, we feel Your presence when nobody's here. But Your presence is here. Lord, move in a mighty way this morning. Just touch our hearts in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's all stand. Come this morning. The altars are open. If you're going in for surgery this week, if you're going to the doctor, if you've got a burden on your heart, come, pray and seek out. Don't cover that hope.